0: Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Wimpish little paintings of Jesus sometimes need to be corrected. If he could speak to 5,000 men plus women plus children, that like how many is that? 20, 25,000 people without one of these. <laughs> I figure he had a voice that could it could go for seven or eight city blocks easy. Okay, so um, anyway, great to be with you. Are you enjoying God? It's not hard, is it? And if you don't know him, you really ought to. And uh, because people are chasing Supernatural all over this globe, whether they do it subconsciously or consciously, people are just got something gnawing away on the inside of them for the supernatural. And why do you think it is that Harry Potter, you know, shrink, um, you know, but why? Because inside of every person there's a desire for the supernatural and tonight i pray that every single one of you will be out whether you're planted to be or not because i want to talk about the very thing you sang about a god of miracles and god always has a way and what's going to be different about tonight is that i want to draw stories out of my own life i'm 70 now i've been preaching for 50 years And the wonder of my father is that he never, ever ceases to surprise me with the effortless way in which he can do something supernatural. Uh, And we use the term supernatural, but in actual fact, most of the time we're saying something that we could do, but we need a nudge from God to do. But I'm talking about stuff that we can never do. I'm talking about stuff that's absolutely impossible to do. And Father wants to do that for you. He wants it to best be a normal part of your life, an anticipated part of your life. So, so he's always got a way. And when the enemy tries to tell you that there is no way, call him for the liar that he is. My father always has a way. And so I'll be on that theme throughout today because. I believe that Father has called this church to be a church of conquest, and there's always going to be new territory. There's always going to be another campus, and there's going to be campuses in diverse places. There's going to be campuses in places you may predict, but there's going to be campuses in places where you would never predict. And very diverse because I see a campus being planted in a, in, a, in a city that is all I can describe it as would be uh, poverty and destitute and desperately needy and dark. But I see also a campus being planted in a place of great affluence uh, uh, um, where arrogance rules and men of financial understanding believe they're king and i see that very see two very diverse situations but i believe within the next three years they will be a campus uh planted for for the glory of god and so uh, there's always going to be uh, new places diverse places that need the penetration of the kingdom of god And friends, you're a part of that. And every single person in this building this morning, God is calling to live a supernatural life that he might use you to be part of what he wants in the future. And I want you to get a hold this morning of the fact that my father always has a way. And I'll be leaning into that. This morning and tonight, uh, and tonight uh, telling some miracle stories. I I pray you will be out tonight simply because uh, I I believe that um, stories of miracles and and also seeing it from the Scripture can build your faith to anticipate it for yourself. That's the whole objective, that you live life anticipating the miraculous. Um, We haven't started preaching. That was... That's me having fun. All right, good, good, good. Um, Oh, well. (laughs) Father's got his... You know, don't you love the effortless way it can be to live the Christian life? It took me 70 years to wake up to that, but, I mean, it shouldn't take you that long. I, I, I have never found living for my father so effortless as I do right now Uh, and and I'm loving life intensely and you know the the amazing thing is that we're getting more done now than we've ever got done in the past but with about one-tenth the effort it's really cool so if you're into this trying to be good stuff can you stop (laughs) trying to be good can kill you Uh, um, you see you're never created to try you're created to be. Yeah, that's right. When you wake up in the morning and you know that you are the son of his heart and, and, and you're empowered by his Holy Spirit to do supernatural stuff, there is a different way of embracing life. And, and there's three young ladies in a row. Look at that. Bing, bing, bing. Well, there's four. Sorry, Jody, There's four. But um, there's three in particular. Um, young lady, um, blondish here. Yeah. Um don't be don't be uh anxious or or apprehensive at all about an increase of responsibility, an increase of load, an increase of having to take the grunt, because there's always a grace for the increase. Okay? Um young lady with the glasses on top of your head, actually your eyes are down this way, but there you go. Um <laughs> I've never, I, I see this occasionally, you know, people putting their glasses up here and I think, um, I've never seen anybody with any eyes up here, but uh, um, the, um, that's all right, no, no. I'm just having fun, all right, um, and I just felt the Lord tell me very clearly in the worst time that you're going to be somebody that pours oil on water, uh, sorry, pours oil on troubled waters, I'm um, bringing a sense of calm, restoring a sense of peace into very vulnerable situations that look like they're yeah they're pretty raw. They could get they could get angry very quickly, but something about what you carry will bring peace to the storm. Yeah, and with that, God is going to give you a gift of compassion. So don't be surprised that. In the future, situations move you more than they move somebody else, because that's part of the deal. Okay? Um, yeah. Yeah. You 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 you're going to have a capacity to peel back the layers on people uh, it's like it's, you, i can see people trying to be somebody else other than they are because that's who they think they should be and you confronting them and, and saying well why are you why are you trying to be somebody else why don't you just be you let me show you who the real you really is and you actually lead them back to who god has actually created them to be a- and the word authenticity is strong. A- and you, you can't, uh, I don't know you at all, but it's like you can't, you don't really have any time for those who are putting on air and fluff. You know, it's like, oh, get real. Um, well, that, that, that you'll help other people get real. Okay. Um, is there a Carol in the house who likes art? just raise your hand right high like or scream at me or something is that your name Carol and you like Art Carol yeah you do Um, and the 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 Lord's going to give you a capacity, Carol, if you'll lean into him. If you'll thirst and hunger after him and have a compassion for people, the Lord will give you a capacity to restore. You know how uh, some artists paint pictures, but others restore pictures that have been damaged and faded, and they restore the original intent of the artist. And Father wants you to bring... a life uh, 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 like a word of restoration and bring the color back into people's lives but you, you know it's good to, but the power to do that is in the secret places you hunger and thirst one for him and two to bring a difference in the lives of others good um and there's a tom in the house to do with is it construction it's uh, it's certainly working with your hands Tom Thomas, where are you? You work with your hands. You work constructional hand high if you're in the building. Tom Thomas, oh, right there. Sorry, I was looking down here. Sorry, Tom. Okay, you're Tom. Yep, and you work with your hands and build. Is it is it construction building? What is it? I can't hear, but it's okay. He hears you. It's okay. So you're the one I'm after. Okay. Um, Thomas with the construction. Okay. Um, There's a sense in which the Lord wants to change your view of who you are. Uh, um, it's not that you want to have an unhealthy view of who you are, it's that he wants to change it. Um, there's, uh, it's like you, you are confident within the strict boundaries of who you think you are, but when you get out into certain other fields and uh, you're getting a little more insecure with that, and Father wants you to breach, uh, break out, Uh, and dare to go beyond that which you have been comfortable in the past okay particularly in the area of believing him to touch the lives of other people uh, and and bold decisions okay and so there's a a season lying ahead of you where you need to get into God and receive from him a, a new boldness a new confidence a new sense of security so you can do things outside of the previous comfort zones that you have had okay God bless you. Um, oh, well, I suppose we Do you want us to preach at all this way? Yeah. Okay. Um, you two... Are you two an item? <laughs> huh? Yes, you are. Is both in the secular world and in the church life world. A bit what I said to Tom, but it's different. Um, there's the need for bold initiatives. Uh, this year is a year for decision making and bold initiatives. One, within the context of what your home will be used for and the place of refuge that you too will become to those that need it. And secondly, in the secular, I don't know what you do or who you are, but there's a sense in which there's a need to boldly, uh, I'm not trying to be funny, but it's like a Star Trek thing. We will go, boldly go where no man has gone before. It's that kind of an audacity, okay? And uh, particularly, don't get over analytical about it. It's what you're feeling in your gut. It's what you feel when you're in worship and abandonment and you're just loving Jesus because you love him. The things that bubble up inside, just go with it. Okay. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. You, We're never, never, Lord, tired of experiencing the wonder of how much you love people. And so, Father, tonight, uh, this morning, we just ask now for Holy Spirit to continue to speak with every individual heart and the church collective. And, Father, that... Everything that's in your heart to say that you know this uh, people that you've raised up will need in the next two or three years and the next decade of conquest. Father, I pray that something deep will be sown into the DNA of this house that will cause them to be the people that you've always called them to be. In Jesus' name, Father, and for your honor, amen. Amen. Okay, always listening with two sets of ears. Uh, What is Father saying to the house, but what is Father saying to me? Because you're the church. You know, Pastor Sam, he's a leader in the church, but you're the actual church. Um, And so I want to put these thoughts within you for this morning and tonight, and that is that uh, we serve a God of miracles who always has a way. Always has a way. But between the birthing of what he has told you to do and the realization of the miracle, there is often a need for great and unqualified obedience. The need to persevere, the need to prevail, the need to push through. sometimes it's God gives you a word and tomorrow morning it's a reality. Wow, those times are amazing. I've had a few of them. But there's other times when God speaks to you and, and you know it's the voice of the Lord, but you've got to persevere. You've got to prevail. You've got to push through. You have got to step off the edge of the pier. Otherwise, your miracle is always going to be just out there somewhere. Now, if we're going to Joshua chapter six and verse sixteen, and the greatest miracle will be me finishing on time. But we do believe in miracles. John six, uh, sorry, Joshua six sixteen. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Uh, um, again, I don't want to get too diverted, but but speaking to the leadership for a second, um, there's a lot of cities in the womb of God for you. Don't shrink back from the cities because some of those cities are very large. I can see one right now that God's going to call you to plant a campus in and it's blooming huge and it's arrogant and it thinks it's already got everything. You're going to be almost irrelevant in the middle of it but you're going to be incredibly significant because the power of God is going to rest with you. John six sixteen, shout for the Lord has, past tense, given you the city. And in other words, God had already done it but could it be seen with the natural eye no because you see friends there is a two worlds we live in two worlds we live in the natural world which I, you can see with your natural eye the physical world the tangible world but we live in the world of the spirit and the spirit world is not some sort of figment of imagination or some ecclesiastical term it's a reality And I've been learning to walk in both worlds. And it's a really cool thing. Because, you see, in that world, I am a son seated together with my king and my God. And I have a royal authority and dominion under his authority. And when he says, I can do that and I can do this, there is no doubt in my heart and mind. Because I don't have to view my circumstances with these eyes. I can see my circumstances from the eyes that I I have positioned in the spirit world where I'm a son seated together with him. And so here we have the, a, a royal decree. In the realm of the spirit, God has said, I have given them the city. It's a done deal. I've given them the city. Now go to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when. Everybody say the word When when you see friends only then only only then and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so so when did the wall fall down flat when god should take the city nope it fell down flat when they shouted with a great shout then the people went up into the city every man straight before him and they took that city Friends, the shout was still required. You say, well, if God's got a miracle, why didn't he just... Because he, he works through us. Yeah, he, he made a decision that he would give the planet to the rulership of mankind. Mankind abdicated for 4,000 years. Satan ruled the planet. Then Jesus came in the form of mankind, took the planet back, and now we're supposed to get back to ruling it. As sons and daughters. You alive well? Yes. Turn to one next to you and say, I'm absolutely alive. What about you? <laughs> so, so God's given them the city. The legal transaction has been made. But it takes the shout to bring it to pass. So I've got a question. What, what was so incredible about the shout? <laughs> I mean, anybody can shout. But that shout, that shout created a miracle. So so, so well, what was it about that shout? Well, friends, there were thousands and thousands of Israelites. They were from 12 different tribes. There were every conceivable calling and disposition, and yet at the command of their apostolic leader, they shouted with one sound the original Hebrew makes it quite clear that there was a crystal sharp singular sound. And so thousands of them, all different men, ages, all sorts. But one declaration from Joshua, they all shouted with such singleness of voice. And friends, when it comes to the birth of the Christian church and Pentecost, it says that they were all with one mind, one accord, in one place. You think of the diverse personalities in that room. You know, there there was the sons of thunder were there. Go anywhere for a good argument and debate. And then there was John. All he wanted to do was lie around and get gooshy and affectionate to everybody. And then there's Peter. Oh, just give me a sword and let me slice off a couple of years and I'll be happy, you know. And so the diverse personalities in that room. And I asked the Lord one day, why did you have them tarry so long? He said, it took that long. <laughs> I had to get them to a moment where suddenly they touched something and they became, the original says, they became of one mind, one heart, in one place. And that, you see, the shout that went up from Israel at that moment in front of Jericho was the shout of unity. And when the shout of unity ascended into the heavens, it Opened a portal, and the miracle already created in the realm of God's legal jurisdiction was able to invade their world, and the walls came down. Now, friends, that's not where the journey started, though. In Joshua six verse one, now the gates of Jericho, Joshua six one, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. Now, this is where the story actually starts. And so uh, the gates were securely shut and barred. And historians tell us that Jericho was one of the oldest cities known to man in the known world, and that it, it had a record that had stood for generation after generation after generation, and that was that it was invincible. It was impregnable. It could not, the walls could not be taken. The city could not be taken. It had not been taken by a foreign army once in the history of the city. And that's because it was built on a hill and there was this humongous wall that went around the city and a few meters down the hill from that wall there was a secondary wall. The archaeologists have now dug all of this up. And so when people used to come over this secondary wall, the archers on the first wall would simply pick them off. It was an impregnable. And everybody knew one thing for certain. And that was that those walls were impregnable. So there's only one way into the city, through the gates. But there's only one thing wrong with that, because the gates, I love this. Don't you love it when, when you find yourself in a really difficult situation and you say, come on, Father, do something about this. And he takes the difficult situation and makes it completely impossible. And you say, well, Father, that's, no, 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 you didn't get me right. That's not what I had in mind. <laughs> it's like Gideon, you know. <laughs> he got 32,000 against hundreds of thousands of the adversary. And he comes and he says, Father, I don't like the odds. And then he says, well, you know what? You're quite right. I'll reduce them down by 22,000, you know. <laughs> And now you've only got 10,000 left. And Gideon says, no, no, you misunderstood me. It's the other way. I don't like these odds at all. He says, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'll take another 9,700 out. And now you've only got 300. You see, he doesn't have to be logical and reasonable. He's God. And so here we have this outer wall, the city wall, and so the, 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 the common acceptance throughout the whole region was there's only one way you can actually enter the city. There's only one way you could possibly take that city, and that is to get through the gates before they get shut and barred because the gates were like this thick and they were Reconstructed and reconstructed, the gates themselves were impregnable. And so if you didn't get to the city before they were shut, there was no possibility. When the gates were shut and barred, it said one thing: it's final. It's final. Listen, uh, use no point in continuing to believe there's no point in continuing to prevail here get on with your next project get on with your next season the door the gates to this one are shut look accept it otherwise you're just going to get frustrated from one year to the next get on to something else the gates to this one is shut they're shut they're shut When the gates are shut and barred, move on. But I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that I came here this morning to tell you for, in your personal world, in your private world, and in your church world, and for the next few years uh, to come, you need to keep this in mind. When the gates are shut and barred, it is not final. Yeah. And when the gates are shut and barred, my Father brings down the walls. You see, when its gates are shut and barred, all it means is there's no human solution to the problem. In the the absence of any human solution, there comes a cry that allows a divine solution. There comes a divine intervention. You know what I love about this story? It is so cool. Those, those walls, let me tell you something about those walls. I, I actually looked this up. This is not me having an Irish moment. Um, I, I did all the research on it. And the archaeologists have dug up all sorts of cities in that region, you know, the last couple of hundred years or so. And, and there's one consistent factor. And that is that all the walls of these cities were discovered, that they, they collapsed inwards. And, and of course, the, the, the reason for that's obvious, because all the bombardment and the attacks from different armies, etc., all came from outside, not inside. And so the constant bombardment just meant eventually the walls would collapse inward. And you know, of all the cities that they have dug up and excavated, etc., there is only one city that breaks the rule: the gates of, uh, sorry, the walls of Jericho. They fell outwards, not inwards. You say, "So what?" Oh, let me tell you, so what? When you see those great big walls fell. Outwards at the shout of God's people, and the rubble and the tonnage of rocks, etc., in those walls crashed forward into the secondary wall, which knocked it down flat. And suddenly, the rubble—listen to me—the rubble, and this has all been proven—the rubble from that wall and the secondary wall—all collapsed together. And suddenly, there's a perfect ramp up into the city. And so the very thing that was constructed to keep them out of the city became the instrument God used to give them the city. I think that's cool. You see, what you have to understand is this. That which Satan creates as your greatest opposition Becomes the instrument of your future triumph. You think of your personal life. You think of your marriage. You think of your children. You think of your business. You think think of the biggest singular opposition to you and the purpose of God in you. And I'm telling you now, when God moves and there's a miracle breakthrough for you, the very thing that has been your biggest opposition Will become the point of your testimony in the generations to come. It's certainly true of my own life. The things I've had to battle the most, the things that have come against me the most fiercely, uh, the uh, physical things and mental things, they have all gone on to become the cutting edge of my life and ministry into the lives of other people. But you know something else about those? Incredible walls and that gate. Friends, what, what, sometimes we say, well, Father, I don't understand. If, if you just give me better warning, I could, maybe I could have got there in time. Maybe I could have got there before the gate shut. And wouldn't that have been a disaster? Because if the gates had been open and if, they, if they'd actually got there on time, what do you think they would have done? They'd have gone through the gates. It was the obvious entrance. It was an open invitation, which one meant that they would never have needed a miracle. So they wouldn't have experienced a miracle because good common sense and military strategy would have taken over. You see, sometimes, friends, God engineers circumstances to cut out human solutions. Because he actually loves being God. (laughs) But we very rarely give him a chance. (laughs) I don't mean to play with you, but, but it never ceases to amaze me that we talk about miracles, we sing about miracles, we preach about miracles, we love hearing about miracles, and we spend our entire lives Making sure that a miracle is never necessary. (laughs) It's true. Oh, we've got to get more security. We've got to get more security. We've got to build buffer zones here. Oh, don't do that. You know, ask out. And and we live these protected, secure little human lives and, and then say, why did they get the miracles? Because they needed one. Now, us Irish aren't known globally for our intellectual smartness, but we have been able to figure certain things out. You can't walk on water while you're still in the boat. My friends, yes, God could have got them there in time before they go shut, but that would have been an absolute disaster, and let me tell you why. Because if those gates had been left open, they would have been the obvious point of entrance to the city. And the Israelite army would have headed for those gates. And it would have been disaster. Because it doesn't matter how big your army is if you can only get 20 or 30 men through the gate at one time. It would have been a turkey shoot. They, the, the, uh, the arrows and the, 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 the defenders of the city, all they had to line up with was just wait till they come through the gate. And we pick them off one line after the other, just this, oh, this is easy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand me some more arrows. And, and, and it, was, it would have been a disaster. So the shutting of those gates, which appeared to be a total denial of what God had told them to do. The shutting of those gates, which, which, which seemed to be the greatest opposition to what God had told them to do, was absolutely critical. Because with the shutting of those gates, there came a miraculous solution, and there came a minimal casualty rate amongst the Israeli army. God knew exactly what he was doing. So my friends, let me come back to my opening statement. When the gates are shut and barred, and there is no way, humanly. It is not final. When the gates are shut and barred, my father will bring down the walls. You're getting a hold of this so when when then when is it finally 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 final finally final final when, when is it final not until my father says so i woke up in the hospital one time and obviously they thought that i was still out to it because they were talking rather freely about me and they obviously didn't think I was listening. And they were talking to either Steve or Margaret, uh, one of the family there, uh, and they said, um, this is the most refreshing thing to hear when you wake up, you know, overnight in hospital and you heard them say, do you have any idea how hard it is to kill this man? (laughs) And and they're just nodding and I'm smiling and, and... When I'm asking, me, you know, Why, what is it with you? Why you keep smiling? What, what, what is this secret little joke you have? I said, it's not like that. It's just, you, you, you know, I appreciate everything you do, but my life's in my father's hands, and it ain't final until he tells me it's final. That's and that's not just theology to me. I believe that. You see, friends, when is it finally, finally, final? Not until my father says so. Because you see, whoo, four minutes. (laughs) Friends, father always seems to find a man or a woman who will just believe him. When, when, when the horses and the chariots thundered down on Israel, and behind them was the Red Sea, everyone screamed out, "It's final!" And Moses just raises a rod, and next thing you know, psh, psh, you know, it wasn't final. It wasn't final at all. Lazarus was dead in the tomb for four days. Not being gross, but the Bible does say he started to stink. So you got the point. The man's dead. Now sick is sick, but dead is dead. There's a big dead thing there. And, 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 and he's dead. And death screams out from the tomb, well, now it's final. <laughs> Jesus just says, hey, lass, come on out. Next thing you know, he strolls out of, it, it was not final. It's not final? Well we, when, when the, all those thousands of people listened to Jesus preach, got hungry, they've been listening all day. They were famished. The, the, the hunger inside of them said, "Well, now it's finished. We're about to here before we faint. We're going to find some food. Well Jesus just took a little boy's lunch, spoke a couple of words to it. And started a supermarket. (laughs) It's not final until he says it's final. And tonight, I I just want to lean into that. Because my father always has a way. And I've got a couple of cool stories to tell you as well. But, friends, we have to sometimes just push through, we have to allow our faith to prevail. We, 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 we have to decide, I don't care what the circumstances say. Yeah. I don't care whether the gates are shut and barred or not. I, I, I don't care whether it's been believing God for a week, a month, or ten years. I am not quitting on what God Almighty said to me. And I am going to renew my confidence, my faith, and my resolve... I will persevere, I will prevail, and I will push through, and I will see what my Father said to me yet come to pass. And you take it for your personal life, you take it for your marriage, you take it for your family, you take it for your ministry, you take it for your business, because if my God speaks, it's creative. And tonight I want to speak about a creative element in the Word of God. When He speaks... He creates. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful time that we have when we just lean into you and relax. And, Father, we ask now that the creative word of the Holy Spirit will be alive and real in every heart and that every person in this place will go out of here knowing, oh, they serve a God of miracles. And, Father, if there's anybody in this place that doesn't know you in intimacy, have never crowned Jesus Christ as Lord, then reveal your powerful, incredible, life-changing love to them right now. Let them be so aware in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, I'm not going to labor into it now, but if you want me to input a little bit further into your lives, then there are all sorts of resources out there that I know will build your life, build your marriage, build your future. And I don't want to go into it right now, but I do want you to lean into whatever you partake of today, you become tomorrow. You know, maybe scrap the idea of an additional McDonald's and get something that will feed your soul with life and strength. Amen? And also, and I'm not being flippant when I say this, this is with deliberate intent. I've started a Twitter account, and you say, what? Yeah, yes, yeah, true, but I don't talk about my favorite coffee on it. I only speak that which is going to uplift, challenge, goad, inspire, and encourage. And even if you don't art on Twitter, then get on it because I'd love to be able to speak into you every morning. So, I, I these little short phrases every day that I believe can build into the future of who God's called you to be. It's very simple at David McCracken, full stop, that's it. And I look forward to speaking to your life a little further. But above, come out tonight, please. Bring your unsaved friends too, because they need to know there's a God of miracles that actually loves them. God bless you. Amen. Come on. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.